Hey, Chavra. So, Be'ezrus Hashem, we're going to begin trying to live with the times again. And what we're going to find ourselves in very quickly, very, very quickly, is the story of the Exodus. The graduation from the book of beginnings, from the book of Genesis, where things really seem to have come to a certain place of completion, at least on a human level, where things had smooth themselves out, and then suddenly at the outset, we find ourselves cast down into the exile on both a collective as well as individual level, cast into a place of constriction. The word for Egypt, Mitzrayim, represents a metzar, a constrictive, claustrophobic descent down into a place where life begins to tighten on oneself, where the thoughts become thicker and the emotions become more entangled. And a person begins to find themselves between the straits in a stuck in a stuck place, unable to break free, unable to break themselves out of whatever they find themselves in. And the slow and steady and very often unconscious stirrings of enslavement happen before our very eyes in a way that our very own eyes are incapable of perceiving what is happening. As Chazal tells us as our teachers tell us that that the individual who is enslaved, who is imprisoned, is incapable of freeing themselves from their own prison. And just as those unconscious elements slowly but surely shifted the freedom of the self into a space of constriction where I find myself stuck in places that I no longer want to be stuck in, we find ourselves having been thrown from the clarified air of Genesis and find ourselves stuck in the very often seemingly suffocating space of exile and being stuck. Now, one of the many, many, many synonyms and associations that can be applied to the experience of the descent into exile, as it is called out of the ancient kind of depths of our tradition, is the idea that the descent into exile is a descent into the exile of speech or a certain speechlessness. And I think that this is going to be something that we focus on in the upcoming weeks for a few moments to try and contemplate what it means to be engaged with an exile of speech, what it means to grapple with exiled speech, and what it means most significantly to try and put the effort in to redeem speech. <coughs> now, parenthetically, in, in the literature, what we find is that the place of Mitzrayim finds a counterpart within the human anatomy as well, and that is the Meitzar Hagaron. It is the constrictive passageways of the throat, the area where air comes out of and voice and speech comes out of. Now, the descent away from the clarity of the mind, where the mind is functioning in its clarified state, down into the thickness of the emotionality of the heart and the body, is this very fine yet delicate thoroughfare through which the mind expresses itself into the heart and thought and emotion express themselves simultaneously towards a singular goal. But when there's a constriction of speech, when there's a constriction of being able to linguistically describe what I'm going through, I am no longer able to communicate to another person what my struggle is. I can't convey that my thinking is not aligned with my emotions. I don't have the language tools to take my own inner experience and share it with another person. One of the most significant and fundamental survival tools a person needs when they descend into exile. 
the descent into exile is a descent into isolation. The only possibility of the survival from that isolation is partnership, is joining together through friendship, through community. The bridge that allows one individual's own most solitude to be translated into another individual's own most solitude, thereby creating the impossible space of a community of two people, which is born out of the tools of communication, the exile of speech is the breakdown which leaves each and every person isolated and enslaved with Within themselves. We lost the ability to speak. The letters that comprised our words, that comprised our thoughts, were caught in the thicket and they were mumbled and jumbled, and one was lost in translation, akin to the environment surrounding the Tower of Bavel. The Tower of Bavel, the birthplace of Babel, the confusion and the admixture of all languages, was the first rupture towards the original language where things were clarified. And then the exile into Mitzrayim was the place of the loss of speech, the exile of speech where my words were lodged in my throat. Now, when an individual finds themselves struggling internally in this world, unable to share the burden, and again, the exile of speech is not the inability to speech. The exile of speech is the recognition that no matter how much I'm trying to say, I still cannot convey the exact nature of what it is that I'm trying to share. So it's not the foreclosure on the attempt at communication, but it's sometimes more difficult and more abject. It's using communication and the tools of language to the best of our ability yet consistently and constantly feeling misunderstood or mis misheard or misrepresented and ultimately lost in a deep space of mistranslation. That's the exile of speech, of people talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, of, of kind of a confusion, a babble of sorts. And when a person is experiencing their issue and they're unable to share that issue, the issue grows because the mind itself and the body itself and the emotions themselves are simply not capable to deal with certain types of issues without the help of other people, without the loving compassion that another shows me. This is a fundamental truth that that I can do with another what I can't do for myself very often. So the breakdown of communication or communication breakdown is not simply, you know, some passive symptom I can no longer convey myself, but it begins to erode at the very foundation of what it means to be a functional human being, which is why, parenthetically, you know, the psychoanalytic cure in the beginning was nothing but the talking cure, trying to help the individual get speaking again. It was much less significant with regards to what they were saying and much more focused on the fact that they were saying, that they were trying to speak again. But when I can no longer convey myself to the other, my problems grow. And the more my problems grow, the more I can't share the pressure of my own problems with somebody outside of myself to alleviate the burden. So the more I'm going to try and self-medicate those problems, because if I can't fix it in a healthy way, I'm going to have to fix it in an unhealthy way. And when a person begins to find themselves in a substance rootedness or a behavioral pattern where I'm addicted to some self-medicative type of behavior because I don't know how to communicate my problems externally, so that's when I begin to find myself in a space of addiction. Now, this is wordplay, but it's a significant wordplay in the sense of Wittgensteinian word games and language games and the schoik and the, and the playfulness of language for our benefit that we can allow language to become therapeutically healing and the process of talking and revealing our inner spirits is part and parcel of the, the goal itself. 
But diction or a dictionary is the sum total of the language that I can convey to another person to describe my inner experience. Words and language, the stones and the houses that build human understanding are the vessels through which I reveal myself. Now, the diction that I have, my capacity to convey information or the sum total of my lexicon, which is a dictionary, is my healthy ability to convey the inside of my own experience towards the outside through language. When I place an A in front of something, I am applying a negation to that thing. There's something that's typical and there's something that's atypical. There's something that's positive and there's something that's apositive. If diction and dictionary is my capacity to express what it is that's going on inside of me with another person through language, then addiction is the negation of speech. It's a breakdown of communication. I find myself cut off and cut away from everybody else, stigmatized and thrown onto the side as a scapegoat unable to communicate. And that breakdown of communication, that addiction leads to a stuckness within the self. So what we're going to try and do over the next couple of weeks is identify tools towards the redemption of language, learning how to tell our stories, learning how to pray, learning how to talk, learning how to share what it is that's going on at the core of ourselves for the sake of alleviating some of the burden, God willing.